Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm select to be joining me as ever are Greg Brown and from Norway, David Weston. How's it going, guys? Good evening, good, thank you. Doing well. How's things, David? Good. Another year older. Yes, um, very, very many happy returns. Yeah, thank you. It's, yeah, really beautiful day here today. 26 degrees, sunshine, glorious. Sun, summer is here. Happy Just birthday, David. Uh, I must admit, you did mention to me yesterday it was your birthday today, but I only remembered because Facebook reminded me. Yes. <laughs> so thank you so much, Facebook. Enjoys, <laughs> yeah, and I'm just waiting on your Wikipedia being updated because it still thinks you're 35. So Not having that. No, not <laughs> having that either. either. Anyway, aye, happy birthday, yeah. David, and thanks very much for joining us on your birthday. I know you've probably got a million better things to do than. As I uh, said, Greg, this is not a chore. I really enjoy it. So happy to be here. Ah, oh, what, what a guy. What a guy. <laughs> uh, and we'll go through Norway and Scotland again, Greg. Did pretty well on the podcast, and we're loving these double headers having David with us. Yeah, I'm really enjoying them actually. I think last weekend we had lots and lots of winners across the podcast, some cracking places too. I think we had Falkirk to win at six to four, Falkirk to score two. We talked about Hibs corners against Rangers. We highlighted Porteous, who I think my quote was wow. He was two <laughs> to one. It had to be booked against Rangers, which he was. That went off at six to four. So again. Yeah. yeah, early price um, paid off in that one. The biggest one really was Queen's Park at 7-2. to two. We highlighted them away to Arbroath. I think David had them to score two or more at Arbroath at 3-1. to one. Um, We also mentioned Queen of the South to score two at Queen's Park at Peterhead. Peterhead. Um, we had Dundee Corners, Queen of the South Corners. The biggest disappointment was Celtic, to be fair. Celtic Corners versus uh, Hearts. That was a bit of a freak result, that one. Mm-hmm. In terms of hearts won the corner count despite resting players for tonight's match. And just to get off my chest, it's three minutes to ten. It's now full time at Tynecastle, and I'm struggling to understand how hearts have come through that match without even getting a draw, let alone losing the game. Yeah, so, the, <clears throat> the red card changed the game for hearts, unfortunately. Yeah, they should have been up at least a couple of goals in the first half. And to then lose a man for getting booked for diving, when he's yeah. already on a bookend, is ridiculous. Yeah, it's poor. But it has been a good week in Europe for the Scottish teams. Uh, Rangers obviously qualifying fantastically well last night uh, in Eindhoven. Two teams in the Champions League, some plum draws to look forward to. And of course, Hearts' consolation is they'll drop into the Conference League. So plenty to look forward to between now and, and the World Cup, I suppose. Yeah, lots of games. I think the biggest one will be the... Um, Battle of Britain between yeah. Rangers and Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, two cracking games to look forward to. I think Rangers have got a tough ask in their group with Napoli, Ajax and Liverpool. Celtic, I <laughs> see they've got an easier group. Just the 14 <laughs> times champions Real Madrid. <laughs> so Real Madrid will win that group. You've then got Shakhtar Donetsk and Leipzig. So I'm not sure what kind of position uh, Shakhtar Donetsk are in. They're playing their matches in Warsaw. Yeah. So not behind closed doors, but Celtic's away record in Europe, as we know, has been pretty symbolic over the over the decades. Yeah. Um, but th- that might give them hope they might get a result in, a, in an away game. Yeah, and David, a bit of a mixed bag for the Norwegian teams in Europe this week. Yeah, massive, massive disappointment for Bode Gleam to win to Dinamo Zagreb. Um, lost a really early goal and looked like they were heading out, but managed to fight back, went to extra time and then... Two very late goals in extra time uh, took it away from them. But they have the consolation of the Europa League. Um, just tonight, Molde went to Austria and hammered Wolfsberger 4-0. Um, talked last week about how much they battered them at home without scoring. But yeah, went away and got the job done. Um, sadly, Viking won't be joining them in the conference groups as they lost a last-minute penalty to Steve Bucharest and lost 3-1 on the night. Um, after winning away 2-1 last week, that's a massive disappointment as well. Yeah. So yeah, mixed, mixed, but two Norwegian teams in the group stages. So that's uh, something to look forward to for for us over here. Yeah, and we wonder if that's just going to have a bearing in the title running as well. Obviously, they surprisingly dropped points last week. More they are still out in front at the top of the table, but obviously both are going to be playing midweek now. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be tough for them both, and I think. Um, Bode Glimt's manager Knudsen, he's been pretty, he doesn't rotate really, he's been pretty stringent with his team, he's starting 11 as he's starting 11 and he sticks to it. Um, Molde have a huge squad and Erling 
uh, Ellen Moe is pretty keen to rotate and it'll be interesting to see how how that pays off uh, for both of them in the running. Yeah, and we'll, um, over the course of the podcast, we'll have a look at Obus League and obviously, and we'll look at the Scottish games this weekend. So, as I say, it's a double header again for us this week on the podcast. Might as well start in Norway, David, and we've got uh, the aforementioned Glimt in a way to Yerv, as I say, surprisingly dropping points last week to Hamcam. It's kind of put them quite behind Molde now. They're seven points behind them in the title race. I see Molde, Greg, are now four to nine to win the titles. Probably one of the shortest prices we've seen so far. Yeah, shortest this season so far. Uh, Bode Glimp, seven points behind with a game in hand. And Lillestrom still, I see hanging in, in there. That's probably a bit unfair. They're still right in the mix. But yeah, four to nine for Molde uh, at the moment. Yeah, but it should be a should be a good opportunity for Glimp to pick themselves up this weekend away to Yerv. David? It should be. Um, obviously, it's going to be tough for them. Um, Wednesday night, extra time over in Zagreb um, to come back and then go to Greenstad, which is uh, worlds, worlds away from Champions League final qualifiers. <laughs> um, Levermere Stadion is, is, yeah, it's sort of, sort of running track around the outside. It's a bit old school, quite small. Uh, it can't pick. be worse, David, than Edinburgh City's ground, is it? Nah, it's not as bad as that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be tough for Glint just to pick themselves up again, but um, they've got the title race to look forward to, and they've still got European games to look forward to. So, um, probably would have preferred a home game, um, but you've got to f- expect them to win. Uh, yeah, if, um, yeah, I'd fancy, I'd fancy them to get the job done, but they're very, very short. Yeah, they are very short. Two to nine, I think, it was the last price that I seen on them. We won five now the last time. Yeah, the two sides met, but you think there's an angle here on Yerv corners potentially? Yeah, I, I think yeah, I was I was quite interested to see Yerv even money to hit over uh, over three and a half. I think it's a great time for them to be playing Bode Glimt with Bode obviously um, coming off the European game, and I look through Yerv's record this season and they're hitting a good amount of corners. Um, they hit four at home to Lillestrøm in the last home game. Um, and only three times this season they've hit under four. Um, once was against Wolleringa. The other one was against Odd, where they hit three. They hit one against Wolleringa. They hit two against Thurum's Godset. Every other time they've hit four or more. Um, they hit 11 against Sarpsborg, 10 against Hamcam, seven against Haugesund. So they've hit decent numbers. Um, and, and I think it's, yeah, as I say, it's a good time to play Gleam too. Themselves in the last three away games have conceded five, six, and six um, at Hamcam, Olesund, and Sarpsborg. So, not big teams, three teams who are in the bottom half, um, going to another team in the bottom half. And I think even money on you have to hit over three and a half corners looks like a really good price given the situation and uh, the history of uh, both teams so far this year. Yeah, and corners is something we'll, we'll visit. This week again, Greg, in other games, but obviously it's something we've looked at a lot in the, in Norway, and particularly smaller teams against the bigger teams. Sometimes we're getting some pretty good odds and some fairly low numbers of corners. To be fair, I've had my way. We'd only bet in corners. It's <laughs> a great market. Absolutely tremendous market. Yeah, so you've got your eye on corners as well uh, in a couple of games. First one we'll have a look at is Lillestrom, who hosts Christine Sund, whose corner numbers are still holding up, Greg. Yeah, it's quite incredible, to be fair. They're what... 14, 15 points adrift at the bottom of the game in hand, but they have hit the most away corners in the league this season. They've hit four or more corners now in 16 of their 18 league games. They've hit four or more corners now in nine of their 10 away games, and they've hit six, 12, two, six, nine, and seven in their last six. They are down and out, I would say, but they're battling on, and they have obviously a really tough game against Lowestrom, who are short 4-11. to 11. But Christian's soon have been great to us this season. Um, I think we've backed them probably most weeks, to be fair. Not every week, but we've backed them at least eight or nine times. I think they've only fooled us once. Uh, so cue the um, losing this weekend. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a, a good angle in terms of Christian soon. They're a good place as a single. They're 4-5. to five to get four corners here. So similar to David's angle on Yerv, which I like the look of as well, I think Christian soon to get four corners at four to five should be backed. And I'm doubling that up with corners in the Moda-Sartsburg match. 
Yeah, similar story in that Mulder Sarpsborg match as well. Mulder very short. Obviously, David have touched on the fact that they're absolutely flying at the moment. Mulder, great result tonight. Um, and you know that will give them great confidence going into the, the, the running, I suppose, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean they've been absolutely flying. They man- they were <coughs> given the benefit of um, uh, a break week before uh, before the Wolfsburger first leg, um, which. Helped them prepare for the defeat, but obviously I think that was quite good. They've got quite a few players back from injury, and they look really strong. They've got pretty much everyone they need back, or maybe one defender um, who would start. So I think, yeah, I think they're in a great position. And coming off that four 0 they've been able to to take a few players off, give them a wee rest. Um, they'll be good to go at the weekend. I think they'll be they'll be flying. And Sarpsborg are really struggling uh, in comparison. So yeah, I think it's yeah. extra for Mulder. Yeah, just one one in nine uh, for Sarpsborg. Greg lost their last seven, but again, like Christensen, those quarter numbers are still holding up, especially away from home. Yeah, their, their form's absolutely dire. As you say, they've lost seven on the spin, just one victory in the last ten, and they obviously go to the league leaders. But that said, Moda cracking his out tonight in Austria. Always a bit dubious about teams playing on the Sunday. We've seen it time and time again over the years, even this season so far, we've seen sides really struggle on the Sunday. But looking at Sartsborg corners, David and I both big fans of corners involving Sartsborg matches. But looking through Sartsborg, again, like Christian Sound, 17 of their 19 matches have seen four or more corners for Sartsborg. They've hit three, four, five, six, 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 ten, three and seven in their away games. They hit six at Boda Glimt, five at Lowestrom. However, Mulder shipped quite a few corners to be fair they've shipped four or more now in eight of their nine home games eight seven five six three five four nine and four so i'm not even going to go for the, the four here which is attractive at five to six but i do like the look of sartsborg to get three corners at two to five and that can be doubled up with christian sound over 3.5 corners and that's a nice six to four double yeah sounds pretty good David, I was just looking at the, the Lillstrom Mulder treble this weekend. Your thoughts on that? Uh, sorry, Lillstrom Mulder and Gleamed treble. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you, you would fancy them all to win. Um, just worry about. I just worry about Lillstrom's form at the moment. I know they've mm. been last time out. But yeah, I get him against Christian soon. Um, you'd fancy them to do it. Yeah, I mean, you'd expect them all to win. It's the bottom three against the top three. Um, 30 to 10 for that treble. Yeah, yeah, you'd expect them all to win. It's whether or not you, you want to do the treble over two days. <laughs> Let's not go there. Uh, I wanted to talk to you, David, also about Casper Tengstead. Uh, he's he scored five goals and three appearances for Rosenborg. Scored yeah. on his debut, then scored a the hat-trick. And he was the hero last week, a 92nd-minute winner for Rosenborg. And we, in our own private uh, WhatsApp group, we were discussing Rosenborg's price this morning, 74 they are, to win away at Tromso uh, on Sunday evening, which just feels like a big price. And I, I don't think any of us know particularly why. No. Uh, I mean, Tromso's home form is decent. Um, eight games, four wins, three draws. They've only lost once at home. I guess that is why. Um, their away form has been their, um, their downfall this year so far. Um, but having said that, Rosenborg come into this in sparkling form, um, five wins on the trot. It was a last-minute winner last week against Olesund, which, um, as you said, Casper Tegstead fired home from an angle, an absolute cracking finish. Um, he looks very, very good. He looks sharp as a sharp as attack, just where he needs to be in the box. Um, I can see Rosenborg winning this one again. And yeah, as you say, the price looked really good. I prefer going on the goals angle in this one, the the Greg special, um, avoiding the possibility of Rosenborg not getting the job done. So Rosenborg just hit two or more goals is five to four or 2.2. And yeah, it's something I really like the look of. The last time they failed to do that was on the 17th of July, so that's six games ago. And I just, I just think that they're hanging on for them. The last two away games, away games, they've hit eight goals total, five and three 
and I just, I just think Tanks has made a huge difference to them uh, in their attack and yeah, I think uh, to hit two goals looks very, very good against the Tromsø team who in fairness haven't shipped that many goals at home um, but they're still out of that relegation battle, they're only two points ahead of such um, yeah. they are the teams that can get dragged into that playoff spot and yeah, they just lost um, Moses Abie, who we talked about him last week, I think, Abie. He was supposed to sign for Odd and he failed a medical, but he signed for Olesund, so he signed for Olesund. So, Trump's are down a striker, and um, yeah, it's hard to see where their goals are coming from now that Abie's away. Yeah, and thanks to Ed, he's 74 to score any time, I think he was, 15-8 earlier today. And given the form that he's in, that's got to be given some consideration as well. Yeah, him and um, Ole Sater, uh, he's been absolutely bang on for him, hitting penalties as well. He's 3.1. He's better than 2 1 any time. He's been banging them in as well. So, two, Sater and Tankstead, if there's a goal for Rosenberg at the weekend, it's coming from either of them, and both of them are pretty good prices any time. Yeah, Greg, we, as I say, we all kind of quite fancy that Rosenborg bet at that price. I also noticed that they're just over even money on the Asian handicap zero. Uh, goals of a start, so effectively draw no bet market, uh, which I thought was quite interesting as well. Yeah, it's a nice approach that one. I think we probably have to give Tromso a bit of respect in that, as David said, their home form is tremendous, to be fair. And that's why Rosenborg are so big. But we're not greedy, and I'm more than happy to get Rosenborg double chance and doubling that up with over 3.5 Rosenborg corners. They haven't been hitting that many corners on the road, Rosenborg, but I do think they can hit four here. And that double chance market just gives us that little bit of a safety net in the fact that they don't win, we'll still get the bet up. So it's something I'll probably share on the channel later on. But I think at the moment, Rosenborg double chance and Rosenborg over 3.5 corners pays even money yeah. with bet thesis five. Okay, so a couple of angles of attack there. That one and David's Rosenborg to score two or more goals. Uh, latest price I've seen for that, David, was 65 rather than the 5-4. to four. Um, Before we move on from Elite Eden, there's also uh, V-King v Volarenga. We touched on the fact, David, that V-King a really sore one tonight. Really, wasn't it a late, late goal that they lost um, to knock them out of Europe? It was. Uh, that'll hurt, especially after they put in a really good defensive display last week in Bucharest and then came away with a 2-1 win. And they were all square at halftime tonight, one each, and looking like they can get the job done, but yeah, that's going to really hurt. And uh, they're coming up against a team who are bang on form in uh, Volerenga. Um, Viking have slipped below Volerenga uh, for the first time this season. They didn't play last week, so Volerenga got a 1 0 win. It was a debut winner for Stefan Strandberg. Um, coming, yeah, he started his first game as centre back and scored a header. It was, it was definitely offside, but um, no, no VAR in Norway, so um, it was given and Volerenga won 1-0. And that is their what, sixth, uh, fifth win, or sixth win in the last seven. Um, they drew with Hamcam one each the week before, which was really unlucky to, to draw. So they could have easily won 7-7. Seven and seven. And going into this game, I think they're full of confidence. I, I wouldn't put anyone off backing them. Uh, two to one, or just just below two to one. Actually, now they, they've dropped to their their price was two to one before the Kings game tonight. Um, but coming off the back of Thursday night, Glee, uh, sorry, Volerenga against Viking. I think Volerenga double chance, um, and there to be more than more than uh, one and a half match goals, which is um, something that yeah, something that happens basically every week. At Viking is only a couple of times it's not happened this season, but it's happened the last five. Uh, five home games and Volerenga are bang on form, so I can't see Volerenga not scoring. I can't see I can see both teams scoring here, but I just can't see Volerenga losing. They're coming off the back of such good form. Viking haven't played tonight. I think double chance Volerenga over one and a half match goals. It's one point eight three. It dropped from one point nine um, before we came on the podcast, but one point eight three. I think it's still worth backing. Yeah, Greg, I don't know what the opposite of a commentator's curse is. Maybe the tipster's kiss of life, but following, I haven't looked back since David <laughs> slated them a few months ago in the podcast. They've still got his photograph up in the changing <laughs> rooms in the dartboard. Um, I agree with David. Volringer, very attractive at 2-1. to one. I, I do like the look of double chance. 
volleying at corners as well is something we've been highlighting over the last few weeks. They're four to six to get five corners on Sunday volleying. There's quite a few games that stand out this weekend across the matches. Uh, on Saturday, Sandy Fjord v Storms Godset is another match in which I'm going to have a look at corners as well. And also, Haugesund at 21 to 10, Hamcam, um, yeah. also a bit big, also a double chance opportunity there. And also, Haugesund hitting not too bad numbers in the corners market. So, it's a decent card to be fair, nearly as Azarian. And I must say, this season so far, we've either been on the money or not far off at all. So, uh, quite a few opportunities this weekend in the elite Azarian. Yeah. We picked up Haugesund, they were all assumed a couple of weeks back. Uh, they were a similar price. And one, two, one. Uh, they were a bit unlucky against Mulder last week, which was the first defeat in three. They'd won three in a row before that. I think it looks a really good price away at Hamcam. Uh, yeah, I think Haugesund are a better team than Hamcam. It's just whether or not they can beat them on their own turf. But yeah, I think uh, it looks like a really good price. Yeah, and to be fair to Haugesund, there are only two defeats in the last five have been to Mulder. And that's, there's no shame in that. No, absolutely not. Yeah, OK, so that might be another one worth having a look out for on Saturday or on Sunday, that one. Uh, anything else from the Elite Serien, David, before we move on to Oberstligen? Uh, no, nothing, nothing, nothing else I need to cover. OK, we'll cover the bets that we've discussed as we approach the end of the podcast. Um, and Greg, moving on to Oberstligen, I don't know if this is a saying, but there's no sentiment in betting. I know there's no, no sentiment not. in football, shouldn't be. And uh, <laughs> your words before we started were, Oberstligen is dead to you. It really is. Uh, it's, it was a tremendous league this season, and it has been over the last three or four seasons. We were hammering home the winners May, June, July, but the last month or so has been some really just surprising results. I don't think I've touched the Oberstligen now for two weeks. I've let the last two rounds of games go on the basis that it's so difficult. All the teams at the bottom who are struggling, like Blink, like Scheid, like Brenner, all picking up points. I think uh, Blink, I don't know what's happened to them, David. Come on, you must know. They're they're picking up draws right, left and centre. Um, it's really, <laughs> yeah. a really yeah. tough places. I think last weekend we mentioned their away match at Sandnes that drew 0-0. Um, just some really surprising results so I've looked through the cards not at a great level of depth I must admit but out of the, out of the um, eight matches there is 14 teams of the 16 odds against only Bran obviously and start home to Grorud and Grorud haven't won yet so that one to four and start you have to say looks <laughs> decent to be fair mm-hmm. but it's a tough card Trying to find goals as well. And one thing I will say as well, on Monday, just past, the five elites, the five matches in the Oberstliga, over 1.5 goals, paid less than even money. The boogies need to get themselves a shake. There was one to tens in there on Monday. I think they're forgetting this league is not the league it was two months ago. We were getting four fives, three twos, three alls. It's definitely not like that. A lot of KG matches, a lot of one nils, one alls, two ones. But definitely the the prices we're getting for goals at the moment in the Oberstliga is an absolute shambles. Uh, Rant over. Okay, thank you. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, speaking of goals, though, David, there's one team who you can't level uh, that at, and that's Stabak. Their last what six games have finished four three two nil four two two one three two five nil. Plenty of goals in their games, and they are away to Kongsvinger this weekend. They are. Um... Stabak, yes, sacked the manager before last week's game, and then. Um, Julie beat Start 5-0, which was a fantastic result. Um, really, yeah, it was really a headline result last week. It kind of made you realise what Stavak are capable of. I think Start um, would have been expecting to go there and, and do something, given Stavak's instability. But I think it showed as well, new manager bounce. Um, they have hired Lars Bohinen, who um, was the manager before and has... Previously got an Olesen promoted from the um, Oberstliga as well, very easily, very convincingly, and I think he's a really good manager. Um, I think Lars Bieden is going to do really well with Stabak. And this weekend they go to Kongsfinger, who are having a really good season. Um, up in ninth, bit of a surprise package, came up through uh, second division last year. And um, yeah, they're doing really well, doing really well at home. Um, and they've only lost once, which was a convincing defeat by... Yep, uh, you've guessed it, it's Bran. Um, mm-hmm. So, their home form is great, but 
I think Starbuck, when they're better than evens against a team like Kongsvinger who have come up from the second division, I, I just find it hard to hard to turn turn it down. Um, they've got a really good squad, Starbuck, full of quality in attacking areas. And off the back of their first game under Bohemian being a 5-0 win, I just think to go uh, to Kongsvinger and uh, should be looking at a win. They are 21-20. And yeah, I'm pretty happy to back that off, uh, off the back of what I saw last week. I thought yeah. you might be backing goals in this match also, David, given the number of goals in Starbucks away games um, yeah. over the last couple of months. Six, four, two at Mjondalen. They drew at Brand one all. A four three defeat at Sondal. They beat Fredrikstad four two, and they yeah. lost incredibly at Blink three two um, last week before. So uh, definitely goals in their matches away from home. And yeah, Kongsvinger are more than capable of scoring, aren't they? Yeah, I don't hate the Asian, the Asian goal line at 3.0 is better than evens as well. It's a similar price. Um, I, to be honest, I'd be quite happy to back both of them. Um, 2.075 for that Asian goal line at 3.0. And yeah, I think there's going to be goals in this one. I just I just think Stabak are going to be too good for them uh, over the piece. But yeah, I'd be more than happy to back both of them. Goals and Stabak win. And you did like the look of goals in Starts game against Grorud. Grorud obviously without a win, but the price has just kind of disappeared in the last hour or two. Yeah, it has. I'm not really sure what happened there. I think maybe some some sort of Norwegian tipster got hold of that one because I yeah. think Mark Hammer and Grorud. I mean, it's over two days, but the double the over two and a half goals double for the starting Starback games is uh, pays 2.45, which is pretty good uh, price considering what I think the games will be. But yeah, I can see Start. Grorud still haven't won it literally <laughs> <laughs> any idea David why the um, the, the three games are on, are on Saturday not Sunday nah no idea <laughs> they make up as they go along there's always five games on a Monday but the weekend yeah. matches just tend to be as they please Grorud went in at half time one for Shide and I thought this is going to be it this is the one and then they got a card and the Shide scored and yeah just um just unfortunate they've still not won a match. Yeah, it's this stage. They've played Shide at home, they have played Blink at home, uh, they've played Kongsvinger at home, they've played even Mewendalen at home when they were hopeless, they've played Breen at home. I don't see where they're gonna get a win. Uh <laughs> can go a team without a win. It's it's starting to go that way. They've only got nine games and yeah, I don't know where it's coming from. Have faith. They've still still got to Bran. Still Brian might have the title sewn up. Throw yeah. some kids on. Grorud might get, get their first win this season. I suppose we'll need to wait and see if Brian are going to lose a game first or whether Grorud are going to win a game first. So both worlds, both worlds <laughs> might, might collide yeah. at some point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just to wrap up, uh, obviously, Brian are now is at 18 points clear with nine games to go. So not far off claiming that title. No, a couple of wins and that's it. Done. Yeah. yeah. Okay, anything else, Nobis thing before we turn our attention to Scotland? Nah, let's let's go to Scotland. Let's, let's do it. Uh, so, Greg, Premiership, we're, what, four games into the season. Celtic, top of the league, Rangers dropped a couple of points last weekend. But the talking point on our WhatsApp group was the number of cards that there's been in the first four weeks. There's been 10 reds, albeit one has been rescinded. Although I think there was a couple of retrospective cards dished out as well after the weekend. It was um, Ross County, uh, Ross Callahan, and um, the hatchet man that's uh, Jack Bowman. To be fair, I mentioned him at the start of the season on, I think, our first podcast, possibly with Dev or with Paul Petrie, that he's a good shout for a card. Mm -hmm. He's got two yellows and a red already this season. Um, incredible number of cards so far. Some really horrible tackles as well. To be fair, yeah, yeah. I mean, those ones in the Ross County game were, were deserving. Well, certainly one that I seen was deserving of a, a red card. I think that's uh, what irritates fans so much is the inconsistency. Some of those tackles were bookings given as reds. Some were reds given as yellows, and that's probably why fans get really irate that there's no consistency across what's deemed a red card and a yellow card. Yeah, I just but, understand by. The ref would look at that tackle and not give a red card. That it was just the Ross County one is in particular. It was just it was an <laughs> shocker. Like, he's not. I can't believe he's not given a red card. Like he's yeah, seen. It's just bizarre. Yeah, and to add to that, 115 yellows in those 24 games, Greg. <laughs> yeah, the bookies have caught on a little bit. You're not getting much value. Although seeing that, we did see last weekend that Dungeon United yeah, got value in that 3.5. Yeah. 
Dundee United, the two, two cards each team. Yeah. And it was also 47 for over 2.5, which was unbelievable. That was soon shortened in the 49, but still a really good price for three cards in a Scottish Premiership match. But yeah, we're averaging what, well over four and a half, five cards per game at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something that we'll visit a lot this season. I think, in fact, I think David's got a cards bet lined up for us in Scotland uh, this weekend. Um, in terms of the games themselves, we'll kick off at Aberdeen v Livingston. Aberdeen, uh, yeah, 8 to 11 to win, Greg, but. They are 11 to 10 to score over one and a half goals, and I think that's a fairly easy decision. I know sometimes we're torn between which one to back there. Well, I'm, I'm still in the half after what happened <laughs> in the Motherwell match, but yeah, absolutely. 8 to 11 to win this game. would fully expect them to do that. I think having watched them at close quarters last weekend in Perth, I thought Aberdeen were all right. They were worthy winners of the match, but they're probably just getting ticking at the moment, I think, Aberdeen. They're probably still in kind of first, second gear. And they didn't know we had to work too hard on on Saturday. Livingston have, I wouldn't say been a surprise so far, but to pick up two wins from four is a great start for them. They lost last weekend though at Motherwell, and I don't see them going to Petodre on Saturday and winning. But to your point, Aberdeen eleven to ten to score two. I'm more than happy to to take that on. And I think I did ask you on the week about the boy Leighton Clarkson, is it? Um, who's on loan from Liverpool scored a couple of worldies he has so last weekend free kick for Aberdeen central of the goal 30 yards out and I say to everyone around me there's no chance he's going from that far out <laughs> Boom. top corner it was a cracking free kick and that comp- I wouldn't say completely changed the game but there was no coming back for St Johnson after that result after that goal sorry and Aberdeen as I said worthy winners these are the matches that Aberdeen have to win Aberdeen fans will be fully expecting three points on Saturday, especially after losing home to Motherwell in the last home game. Mm-hmm. So a bit of redemption here for Aberdeen. And yeah, 8-11 to win the match, but more than happy to take the 11-10 to 10 on them to score two on the basis that Livingston very capable of scoring a goal. Yeah, I'm just very, very reluctant to bet against Livingston anywhere these days. They're just, you know, a team I think you mentioned last week, David, we always seem to underestimate them. Yeah, even money on both teams to score, I thought it looked quite good in this match. Um, yeah, Aberdeen have been quite attacking, scoring goals, but they're likely conceded in this fixture. I had a look through the previous, and I think four of the last five, I think it was, was uh, both teams scored. Um, yeah, there's been quite a lot of close games, a lot of 2-1s uh, yeah. in the last three, four years. Um, yeah, I can, I can definitely see Livingston scoring in this one, but... Yeah, Aberdeen to score two looks a good price, I have to say. But yeah, both teams to score for me was what jumped out at me in this one. Yeah, and Greg, the Aberdeen corners will form part of a, a kind of treble across three different divisions in Scotland for you this weekend. Yeah, so starting to look at corners now, we're well into the season. Some really good trends being identified in Scotland and in England that we'll touch upon later. But I think with home, home advantage, Livingston have barely hit a corner this season yet. And I'd expect Aberdeen to, to win the corner count quite comfortably on Saturday. Yeah, we'll come on to that um, as we work our way through the games. Uh, next up, we've got Kilmarnock v Motherwell. Kilmarnock sit bottom of the table. We'd mentioned last week that uh, Derek McInnes believed that his season wouldn't start until he'd got his first three games out of the way. Um, it subsequently went to Ross County and lost. Uh, Motherwell, amazingly, I don't know how we've got here, but Motherwell are up into third. Uh, they've only been beaten once. Uh, so yeah, that's about time Kilmarnock put something on the on the board, Greg. Well, first of all, yes, uh, Motherwell back to back wins. Stevie Hamill's come in as caretaker boss. Lost to St Johnston, got a win at St Mirren. Tough game up at Aberdeen, played really well, one three two, and they've got a really good win again on Saturday. So to win three games in a row in this league for these teams is difficult. Yeah, and I'm happy to put my cards on the table here and say Motherwell will not win three games in a row here at Kilmarnock. Um, I think Kilmarnock have had a very tough start. Bottom of the league, as you say, though. Uh, obviously played Rangers, played Celtic. They got a last-minute goal um, against Dungeon United in their opening day. Mm-hmm. But they'll be disappointed to have gone to Dingwall last weekend and lost. So on home, to- on home soil, I say soil, on home <laughs> <after> turf, <laughs> they should... Be looking to to win this match or at least get a, put another point on the board 
it's a tough game to call this one. What I would say is Kilmarnock are currently the Scottish Premier League hatchet men. Yep. They have received 16 bookings in their four matches. They've got two in the first day against Dungeon United, six at Ibrox, four versus Celtic, and they got four last weekend against Ross County. So I wouldn't be surprised to see cards again in this game, but for me, this is a match best left alone. Yeah, Ewan Anderson is your referee. I'm just trying to very quickly look at Ewan Anderson's stats. <laughs> to his friend, yeah. Uh, I'm just seeing where he is in terms of the, the card stats table because... He is one of the highest. He's averaging, well, he's only refereed one game so far, but six cards in his game. So it might be a cards angle in this one. Um, and that's exactly what you're looking at, David. Yeah, you and Anderson, as you say, he's a ref. And I had a quick look. He's averaging over four yellow cards in his last um, 12 months basically, of uh, football. Last, he did the St. Johnson Hibs game. There was one red and six yellows. Um, start of the season he's always, the last game he did was Wraith Morton in the championship and he dished out eight yellows um, yeah Kelly as Greg says are the hatchet men so far of the league 16 yellow cards in four games that's absolutely incredible How? Like, what are they doing just kicking folk off the bar but yeah this is the, the Bode Glint special um, except it's with cards and it's <laughs> Kelly, Kelly to get a booking in both halves uh, it's 2.37 and uh, yeah they need a win They've shown that they're willing to to become aggressive to get there. And, uh, yeah, Kelly to get a yellow in both halves, 2.37, looked like a good price to me with Ewan Anderson on the on the whistle. And, uh, yeah, Kelly's start to the season. Yeah, I just think Kelly have got a, a few players who are regular candidates for cards, Greg. They do, yeah. Obviously, they've got Alan Power back, who's always really short, and Kel Lafferty as well when he starts. It's good for a booking. But it's going to be fascinating as the weeks and months unfold. I think once we get probably late September, October time, we get a good feel for the league, um, and especially in the card markets. What I would say as well is player card markets, you really, you really have to chop about because some of the key candidates and the, the players who typically get booked a lot are really, really short. I'm talking five to fours, 11 to tens, which I still think is really short for a player to get booked. So best to shop about, there's a massive disparity between the bookies in terms of uh, card, player card prices. So best advice to shop about. Yeah, indeed. Okay, we're off to Ibrooks next. And to be fair, that'll be jumping uh, on Saturday after Rangers pulled off a great result uh, against PSV Eindhoven to reach the Champions League group stages. But they did drop two points last week, Greg. Two players sent off. Obviously, Lundstrom's card has been rescinded. That should have been a yellow. Um 2-2 draw at Hibs and it puts Rangers two points behind Celtic with uh, they, go to, they go to Celtic Park next week uh, for the Glasgow Derby. So, yeah, it's a game that you'd expect Rangers to win. Um, there's no margin for error here. No, there's not. Rangers at home, though, so far have been pretty solid, to be fair. They beat Kilmarnock really convincingly 2-0 and they beat St Johnson 4-0. I'm expecting a very similar scoreline. Let, let's go 3 features <laughs> on on Saturday. Ross County will be just looking to stay in the game here as a, as a free hit, unfortunately, for them in terms of nobody's expecting them to get anything from this game at all. Rangers are short. It was 1-6 to six to win this match. Ross County cards as well, though. They have hit, I think, a good few cards so far this season. I think they've hit 14 cards. Uh, 2, 4, 1 and 7. So, they're missing Baldwin and Ross Callahan this weekend, and the following weekend against Celtic for Ross County. To be fair, it's actually not two. It's not two games that are bad to miss for those two players. Yeah, I guess two so. matches. They're not going to probably pick up anything from anyway. So if they're going to miss two matches, it may as well be against the old firm. But I think Ross County here damage limitation. I would say, and they're five to six to get three cards. I don't think that'd be far off. But again, no. no bet here for me. It won't be far off, especially when Don Robertson's the ref. He's, <laughs> I think he's got the highest card count so far, 13 cards in two games. So although they'll be missing Callahan and Baldwin. Um, Celtic man, that... as well. Celtic man? Is that a gamble exclusive? <laughs> <laughs> Some inside info, David? Uh, yeah. I do know. I do know Don. Uh, I played football with Don when I was younger at Queens Park. Um, 
when he was under, yeah, he was a goalie when he was Good. under under 12, 13, and then he chucked it. And so, uh, yeah. Just outside, boys. A good, good lad. Good lad. Uh, certainly knows where his cards are kept. Anyway, I'll say that much for him. Uh, any angle for you in this one? Uh, nah, not nothing much. I, I quite like the look of um, Rangers to score three, three or more goals again. I highlighted that. I think it was against St Johnson, was it? Uh, four to five. That is, and also Cholak, who looks like a proper goal scorer for them. He's uh, he's four to five to score any time as well. Quite like the look of both of those. Yeah, okay. Uh, Greg, we're going to have a look at St Mirren v Hibs. Great win for St Mirren last week, 3-0 at Dundee United. It was actually their biggest league win since the Ever. beat Dundee <laughs> since the beat Dundee United 5-1 uh, back in 2021. So, uh, excellent weekend for them. Hibs, I don't know what to make of Hibs. Three late goals in the 90th minute, the 95th minute, the 92nd minute have won them four out of the five points that they're currently sitting on just now. So, I suppose you can look at it two ways that they've, you know, fight until the end. But at the same time, Lee Johnson's been a lucky boy so far to even be in a position where he's got five points in the league, I think. Yeah, I think your kind of mindset is exactly the same as mine. They have stolen four points this season so far. They've lost to Livingston. They've been knocked out the cup. This is the sort of match in which Hibs should really be going to St Mirren and getting a result in. But they say the league table never lies. I disagree. I don't really know what to make of Hibs at the moment because they have stolen so many late goals. And as you say, yeah, you could say they've got fighting spirit to the last minute. And to be fair to them last weekend against Rangers, they kept on going. Although they were playing against nine men, um, they did do well to get back into that into that match. And they do hit a lot of corners. And that's definitely the angle here. But it'd be interesting to see if they can play against a team who keep all of them men in the park this time. <laughs> they have been aided by red cards at St Johnston and two last weekend against Rangers. And you have to say Hearts could have been out of sight in the Edinburgh Derby. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be overly critical of, of Hibs and Lee Johnson, but they really need to get a win this weekend. I don't think Hibs fans will expect anything less, um, especially after getting a good point last weekend. But they play a, a, a St Mirren side in form. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, wasn't looking great for St Mirren. Not playing well, Stephen Robinson's come in, not been a great start, but they got that win against Ross County. And as you say, last weekend, a tremendous win at Tannadice. They're a side United in disarray at the moment. But still, 3-0, six points in the last two games, and they'll be full of confidence going into this match. But it's a corners bet for me here. Hibs lead the way in the league in terms of corners at the moment. 9-7-14-5. They've got nine in Perth. They've got seven in the Derby, 14 at Livingston, which I'm still a bit sore about. And they've got five against Rangers. Should have been more, actually, against Rangers last week and haven't watched that match. But to be fair to St Mirren, they're also hitting some good numbers too. They've got eight, four, six and seven. So I just think with the form that St Mirren are in and the corners that Hibs are hitting, uh, every chance we'll see both teams contribute here to mm. the, the, the corner count. And I think the five to four, on over 10.5 match corners looks very, very good. And I'm expecting both sides to hit four or five, at least. Yeah, it's a fairly decent angle based on the numbers so far. Obviously, still a small sample, Greg, in terms of games that have been played. It is a small sample. It is a small sample. Match day six. No, match day five. But the way that Hibs play, um, they're certainly racking up plenty of corners too. So um, you can use the sample data, but also in terms of the way that teams play. Yeah, David Hibbs have won, or St Mirren have only won one of the last nine against Hibbs. They've drawn the other three and lost six of them. Hibbs at 5-4 to four to win in Paisley. Just feels a bit short for me. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked a lot about Hibbs at home being too short to back, mm. but definitely away from home, 5-4 to four against the St Mirren team who will be full of confidence after last week. Yeah. Yeah. They've actually been backed in, Hibs. They were, I'm sure they were a 6-4 to start of the week. Yeah, they. So unless some Hibs fans are getting very excited after last weekend's draw, um, <laughs> the 5-4 to does look very short. Yeah. Best left alone, I think. So the corners angle is the way to go, Greg. I would say so. Another market that I like to look of, and I've been backing the last couple of weeks on the channel, is the corners bet builder, a team to get two first-half corners and three second-half corners. Mm-hmm. So that's served us well so far. And I think... 
there's a decent price on that for Hibs as well. So just another angle to think about. Yeah. Okay. On to Sunday and the lunchtime kickoff is at Tanadice, a struggling to the United host Celtic. And last week, Greg, yeah, like most weeks we were kind of all in on Celtic corners and somehow Hearts, I think they actually won the corner count 6-4, is that right? Something like that. Uh, and I, I don't know when would the last time that happened be. I think you start to go back years, I think. Yeah. They got a corner in the first five minutes, Celtic, which yeah. are back at the four to five. I think we mentioned the early corners last weekend on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's just a really strange game, wasn't it? Yeah. Hearts rested a lot of players. So you're expecting Celtic to steamroll that match. It's just never happened, really. Um, but it was a 2 0 win for Celtic. Job done. And they travel to a wounded and I don't know what to say about Dungeon United at the moment. And uh, in, in, in a bad place, let's just say that, in a really bad place. And we called it out a few weeks ago that the Samirin match for United was massive last weekend mm. on the basis that they'd lost to Livingston, been hammered by his head, heavily defeated at Tynecastle against Hearts 4-1, and they've now lost 3-0 against Samirin. And you have to say, it's looking like it's going to be five defeats on the spin for Jack Ross, off the back of what you could say is one decent result this season. Um, that first leg match against AZ I think Div was that was speaking about this match saying that they just looked in total disarray in the middle of the park United mm-hmm. a team full of individuals and let's be frank they're paying a lot of good money for those players at Dungeon yeah. United yeah. Uh, Stephen Fletcher's there Levitt's there they've brought in quite a few decent players this season United but it's just not happening for them at the moment and you have to fear for them what I would say is when was the last time Celtic at this part of the season were one to seven away from home? Yeah, sure. Dundee United yeah. are eighteen to one to win this match, which <laughs> I don't think they will. But it's a massive price. But I think they won the seven of the Celtic. Shocking! It's a really, really bad price. That I think. What price should they be? One to three, I think, would be a fair price. I know it's probably based on United's form, but to have a side what match day five, one to seven away from home. I think we were getting Rangers at Livingston on the opening day at 4 to 9. So yeah. I, I know that there's a, a massive gulf between the two sides, but I just think they want a 7. That's that's a home price for Celtic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, what, what price Rangers, would they be in at home? Well, if they want a 7 away from home, you'd have to think <laughs> 12 to 1. Yeah, 1 to 12, 12 so. at home. Yeah. Rangers yeah. on Saturday are 1 to 6 at home to Ross County. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I just don't agree with the price in this one, but it doesn't really matter. You'd fully expect Celtic to win this match. What I must say, though, is had a look at Dungeonated Corners. Now, looking at Dungeonated Corners so far this season, they've hit four, nine, two, and six. They hit nine at home to Livingston and six at home to St Mirren. Celtic this season so far, three at Ross County, they conceded. Aberdeen got three at Celtic Park. They conceded two against Kilmarnock at Rugby Park and Hearts hit them for six last weekend. Dungeon United at Tanadice, even money to hit three corners. I think you've got to look at that. Yeah. We do. And we've spoke many times on the podcast about any team to get three corners at even money has to be considered. Especially at home. Yeah. Especially at home. United, you think, will try and give Celtic a game here. If this was at Celtic Park, then you'd probably leave it. And I would even say the evens on three at Celtic Park, not the worst of shouts. Mm-hmm. But to get evens at home for three corners, I think we could probably take advantage of that. Yeah, it's a pretty decent shout on a game where it's going to be quite difficult to find an angle. Have you found anything, David? No, it's just, just on those corners as well, like Tanadice. It slopes down to that corner where the tunnel is. It's very sort of encouraging for corners down that end so I think that looks even money for three Dundee United corners looks looks really solid Yeah I'm just looking at some of the goal scorer odds Greg for uh, for Celtic obviously seem to have goals from all over the pitch at the moment and Ange Postacoglu has kind of kept the same core starting team uh, at the, the first four games of the season so we can fairly reasonably predict the lineup. although there is a midweek game this week for Celtic which is the first time this midweek but I'm just looking at about 3-6-5 markets and they have a certain Albion Ayeti at 10-11 to to score any time uh, and Christopher Julian is 9-2 <laughs> Christopher Julian signed for Montpellier the other day so I think there's more chance of me scoring for Celtic on Sunday than, than Christopher Julian but there might be some value in there uh, in terms of goals, I think Celtic probably will score a couple up at Tanadice, uh, so there might be some value in there from a goal Celtic scoring. Celtic 4-5 to, to get four first-half corners. I know we got stung last weekend, but 
you have to say that's probably a bit, bit of a freak corner result last weekend. Um, yeah. Celtic do do most of their good work at home, to be fair, on corners. But for those looking for a bit of first-half value, the 4-5 to five and them to get four isn't the worst shot. Last but not least in the Premiership, we've got Hearts at home to St. Johnston. Hearts suffered a wee bit of heartbreak, I suppose you would say tonight. Greg going out of the Europa League. Nice consolation is that they are going to enjoy six games in the Europa Conference. They lost 1-0 to Zurich tonight. Um, they'll be disappointed in that after what looked like a promising first half. They will be, yeah. I think they were probably very unfortunate not to have gone in at least one goal up, but maybe not two. Some really glorious chances missed by, by Hearts and they paid for that, especially going down to 10 men with what, 40 minutes left to go? Mm-hmm. 45 minutes left to go. But they'll have to dust themselves down for this game on Sunday. I will be at this match at Tynecastle. Um, boys day out, train through to Edinburgh Isle Doors to see St. Johnson get beat again, so that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's probably the perfect match for Hearts back at home against a side struggling to score goals and who don't create many chances. Hearts were four to seven this morning, I think. Now to thirteen to twenty. Don't think it's worth the bets. And um, there's no bet here for me. I'd like to highlight though uh, Daniel Phillips. He's our new signing from Watford. Now he was out on loan with Gillingham last season. He uh, played twenty six games for Gillingham last season. Twelve yellow cards, three red cards. <laughs> he a few guys contacted me on Twitter to say, by the way, he loves a booking. He's played two games for us, and guess what? Two bookings. Two bookings. Booked right. at Ibrox against Rangers and booked last weekend against Aberdeen. So I had a look at him. However, I've not had a look through all the bookies yet, but bet at least it's five, half him at five to four. Yeah, have some of that, so, I think. <laughs> well, it? yes, for me, it's such a short price for a booking. It really, really is. I don't like backing players at that sort of price for a booking unless it's in a bet builder. But yeah, he's already picked up two bookings for us this season. I'm sure we can probably squeeze a bigger price out somewhere else. Paddy Power potentially, uh, William Hill, will have a price going to be closer to 2-1. to one. But he's somebody to keep an eye on this season, on, on the booking market. Yeah, we've got John Beaton as the man in the middle. Um, he's just out, well, he's averaging six cards per game, so yep. Uh, another tick in the box and David Hart's I think currently sitting fourth on the table we've got a nice wee run of fixtures coming up we've got St Johnston, Livingston St Mirren Motherwell before they play Rangers at Tynecastle uh, in five games time so they'll certainly be identifying these next four games and be wanting to you know, take a good haul of points out of these games Yeah they will and obviously they're going to have to juggle um, juggle the Europa Conference League at the same time, which is uh, going to be interesting to see how they do. I think that starts what, not not this week, but the week after. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, yeah, they've got basically midweek games right up from now until pretty much till November. So it's going to be difficult for them to see see what they can do. But um, yeah, as you say, the, the league the fixtures in the league look good. It's just whether or not they can they can juggle the the pile up they're going to have. Yeah, uh, but there's. Should be good for a win on Sunday at 47. As Greg's highlighted, St. Johnson looked to have the same old problems. They failed to score in three of their four league games already this season. Yeah, it's feel like they, they've got the players to score goals. I feel, I've watched them a few times. Like, I've got a few mates that support them and and uh, used to play for them, obviously. But they just they seem to have decent enough players, but they just don't have enough players going forward. So I do wonder if, if the manager needs to change or if the manager needs to change his uh, plan but it doesn't seem to be that's the second I think the general consensus David is that we've got a decent squad some really good players but we are bound by the manager's rigid setup. so yeah um, that's pretty much where we are and we've got only a few days left of the transfer window to get somebody in who can score goals Theo Bear is our main outlet at the moment and I'm sorry to say, I don't like slagging players. He's a lovely guy, I'm sure. He's come across from Canada. He's an absolute unit of a man, but he looks like a basketball player or an NFL player. He's not a footballer. So anybody want to laugh on Saturday, um, watch how many times he gets a ball away. 
<laughs> I hope Big C wasn't listening to this podcast. <laughs> He'll come looking for you at Tyne Castle on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, make sure you get plenty of pals on about you there, Greg. Uh, okay, so no bet as such for us in that game at Tyne Castle, but uh, certainly we like your look of hearts at four to seven or thereabouts. Uh, we'll very quickly run through the lower leagues in Scotland, Greg, the championship here, top of the table. We've discussed how tight this league is going to be this season. And again, this week, only one team. Uh, at odds on and that's Inverness 3-4 <laughs> Yeah it's a really tricky card again in the championship should be a cracking night though down under the floodlights at Somerset Park tomorrow mm-hmm. night yep. um, really good game Air v Dundee Air had a great start to the season surprisingly Dundee will be disappointed after last weekend's 0-0 draw at Morton but I think there's probably a corners angle in this match uh, back Dundee last weekend most corners at Morton, so they go eight in the end. We are not hitting that many, to be fair. So there's probably an angle in Dundee corners here, and that's something I'll share on the channel. Yep, uh, Patrick Thistle, a standout for you, David, this weekend in terms of goals. Yeah, I thought um, uh, they've, they've started the season pretty well. They're up in second, two wins and a draw at the four games, but ten goals scored in those four games, seven conceded. Uh, looks like entertaining football. For uh, hell, for thrills. Well, absolutely. But yeah, in the four games so far, they scored four, two, uh, three, and uh, one against Hamilton. But yeah, I thought um, 2.25 for Thistle to score over one and a half goals, or to to score two or more goals at home to Wraith on um, Saturday. That was my pick from the championship. I thought that looked like a good price. Yeah, and it was something they did three of their group games in the the League Cup as well. So yeah, certainly know where the back of the net is this season. So yeah, fairly decent price for that as well, David. Yeah, I thought it was good. 2.25. Um, yeah, for help. It's a place for goals this year. Get yourself down to maybe help. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, we also oh, kind of queried the price of Queen's Park at home to Cove. Cove finding things a wee bit tough uh, in the Championship. They've lost three on the bounce, including their last two at home. You know, and we've kind of said several times how they do much of their best work at home. Uh, so they're actually away to Queen's Park, who I think are still playing at Oakleview, are they? They are, yeah, and you have to say the price in this match is wrong. There's absolutely no way Queen's Park should be 8-5 to five to win this, given how they've performed in the recent weeks and the fact, as you've highlighted there, Cove have lost their last three, struggle away from home. I wouldn't say it's been a great start for Jim McIntyre. Mm-hmm. At Cove, since Paul Hartley left, hearing whisperings of unsettled players, all that sort of stuff, as you usually get in the, in the lower leagues. But I have to say, eight to five in Queens Park. Queens Park, who we highlighted last weekend, were a massive seven to two away to Arbroath. But don't get me wrong, Arbroath is not the easiest place to go to to get a result, and they've, they've won that two one. And prior to that, they have defeated Patrick Thistle three two. So yeah. Queens Park are in this league not to make up the numbers. Been very competitive so far. Won their last two matches. I reckon five to four, eleven to ten would have been a truer price for this game. I think the 8-5 is definitely a bit of value against a Cove side who've lost against Morton were hammered by Inverness and who lost uh, 2-1 at Ayr against Ayr last weekend. So I think Queen's Park look good value here. Yeah, a great price and just on the own coil with the manager um, I worked with him at St Johnston and if things are going well he's just an absolute joy to be around. He's just so positive and everything's great and just absolutely loves life. Um, so all things are going well for Queen's uh, Park. I can imagine training being a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, just kind of safe. Yeah, and I think they've picked up uh, Johnny Kenny from Celtic as well on loan. Uh, kind of reminds me a wee bit of I think they picked up was it Owen Connell last season. Last season, uh, yeah. Yep. And he did really well for Queen's Park. So it'll be interesting to see how Johnny Kenny, the Irishman, does uh, on his loan spell at Queen's Park as well. But certainly a, a wee bit. Of, uh, a wee bit of quality into that, that Queen's Park team. In fact, it was Luca Connell, would I say Owen Connell? Uh, Luca Connell, who went there last season and did really well for them. So, yeah, um, it'll be interesting interesting to see how that pans out and a chance, you know, a, a real chance for Queen's Park to just take a claim in that league, you know, move them on to 10 points and obviously with the Air and Dundee playing each other on Friday night, um, they could find themselves in the top two, um, depending on how results go. Yeah, it's such a tight league, so it only takes a couple of wins to get right up that league table, yeah. so they'll be looking forward to that on Saturday. 
Yeah. Uh, before we move on from the Championship, Greg, you've also got your eye on corners at the Inverness v Morton game. Yeah, as I said before, it's quite a small data set at the moment, but just looking through the leagues and through the teams in Scotland in terms of corner performances, we backed against Morton last weekend at home to Dundee. They've actually hit the fewest corners in the league, Morton, and I think Inverness will be smarting after last weekend's hammering uh, against Patrick Thistle. Uh, they beat Cole 4-1 week prior to that, so on home soil, we'd fully expect Inverness to probably have the lion's share of possession in this match and yeah. they can win the corner count in this game. Yeah, again, we'll wrap up that treble before we finish. So, so far, we've already got Aberdeen corners and Inverness corners, uh, and we'll move into League One for the third leg of the treble, Greg, and Aloha, I hope Peter Head was one that you've had your eye on from quite early this week. Probably Sunday, when prices came out, it was a standout. We backed Peterhead against Peterhead last weekend. They've now lost two goals in each of their last eight games, at least two goals, Peterhead, sorry in the last eight. They are toiling, as we said they would. They lost again last weekend, 3-1 at home, or 4-1 at home to Queen of the South. Uh, they travelled to Aloha, who, after a decent start, have slipped away a little bit, a couple of disappointing results, but they're back in home soil, 4-5 to five to win this match. I think it's a very, very attractive price. However, what stands out for me is Aloha to score two, and Aloha double chance, and that pays even money with Labricks. So again, you've always got that quandary of backing a team to win or backing them to score two. But given Peterhead's defensive woes as, as such and the fact that Al are back at home, uh, I'm more than happy to take the better price on Al to score two and double chance on the basis that I don't think Peterhead are going to score three goals on, on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and from a corner's point of view, Peterhead, they've conceded, I think it's an average of eight, and a, half, corners. eight yeah. and a half corners away from home. Yeah, on average in the, the two away games so far. So just the heads up in this market, Aloha are four to five to win the corner count, mm-hmm. which you have to say is a tremendous bet at four to five against a Peter Head side who won't have much of the ball, who are losing week in, week out, who don't hit many corners themselves, which is the most important thing. Don't have Al you don't need Aloha to hit five or six. They can win this one nil on corners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the four, the four to five though, uh, I think is a, a really good price. Um, and at this early part of the season, it's probably an angle or a market that the bookies probably aren't that switched up on. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of the treble, so the treble is Aberdeen, Inverness, and Alloa all to win their respective corner match bets in their matches. So Aberdeen at home to Livingston, Inverness at home to Morton, and Alloa at home to Peterhead. Okay, what price is that? 31 to 10, so just a shade above 3 to 1. Very nice. Uh, in League One, David Dunfermline and Airdrie are the two teams that are at the top of the table, and both of them meet at East End Park this weekend, both unbeaten. Yeah, and it, it looks like Airdrie are the ones who've started the season best, scoring a lot of goals, um, only conceded once. Just looking like, a, looking like a good team following on from last season. Um Dunfermline sneaking wins. They've only scored five goals so far, um, but not conceding many goals. Uh, in fact, they've not conceded any goals um, so far this season. So, yeah, it could be could be quite a tight game. Two good defences uh, going up against it, but um, wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw at East End Park this weekend. And uh, yeah, I think both of these two teams will be up in that definitely up in this top four coming into the season. Yeah, I'm just going to check the the nil nil score line in this one. I think it's got nil nil written all over it probably after after that. Yeah, twenty one. There you go, nil nil. <laughs> Greg Falkirk at twenty three to twenty at home looked a bit on the big side. They're even money to score two against Queen of the South. Yeah, I think the the faith in Falkirk has paid off. So obviously they were very disappointing um, at Airdrie, but we stuck with them at home to Peterhead. They won that 3-1, and we backed them twice last weekend away to Edinburgh City to score two at 6-4. You have to say it's a fantastic price. Yeah. And they also won the match as well at 5-4, or the other way about, sorry. So this is much tougher, though. They've got the job done, and they've got themselves right back into the mix now. Seven points, three points off the top. And, yeah, as you say, 23-20 to win this match. Not the worst of prices. I'm still unsure about Queen of the South at the moment. It's early in the season still. I do fancy Falkirk here. I just think momentum-wise, a couple of really good results and they might just edge this. Nothing for me in this match yet, but they could be in the channel. 
Okay. Anything else from you in League One, David? No. Okay. Uh, we'll quickly wrap up League Two as well. Again, Greg, it's a <laughs> league, league we've not done much on this season. We probably won't this week either. Dumbarton top of the table, four wins from four alongside Celtic as the only team with a 100% record so far. They get absolutely scalped by Rangers B in midweek 7-0. Not sure what kind of team they put out in that Challenge Cup game. Uh, they're at home to Elgin City on Saturday. I would expect that should be a home win. I have to agree. Um, Dumbarton, they 47 to win this match. Uh, not sure why it's drifted a little bit, but looking through the other matches, so difficult. Nine out of ten teams are odds against. Um, and in a way to Albion, was at five to four, possibly. You've got Bonnie Rigros at home to Stirling Albion at 21 to 20. The four for Steny match, you can't really call. Steny for a horrible start, to be fair. We backed him in the opening day to beat Albion Rovers. And they won that match 2 0, but since then, though, they've been absolutely dire. Mm-hmm. And Sonrad at home to East Fife, both teams 6 to 4. So, my advice would be most leagues now have now restarted. There's plenty of action across the Championship, League One, Scottish Premiership, Norway, England. I would just leave League Two for now. Yeah. Let things bed in. Yeah. Anything for you, David, in League Two? I, I totally agree. I think Dunbarn will win, but just a little bit too short. Yeah. OK, I think that's us covered Norway and Scotland uh, in quite a lot of detail there. So much for us trying to keep this one short and sweet, guys. Um, <laughs> apologies that we've run on over an hour again. Uh, but before we wrap up, Greg, can you give us a wee recap of your bets for the weekend? So starting off in Norway, got a corners double. Uh, Sarpsborg over 2.5 corners at Molde, doubled up with Christian Sund over 3.5 corners at Lowestrom, and that pays 6-4. to four. And also backing Rosenborg at Tromso. Rosenborg double chance and Rosenborg over 3.5 match corners and that pays even money. And there's also a couple of angles in the other matches in the Elite Azerian that I'll be shooting on the channel. Uh, moving into Scotland, I'm backing Aberdeen over 1.5 match goals at even money. And between St Mirren and Hibs, I'm backing over 10.5 match corners. And that pays five to four with Skybet. A couple of angles from the championship. Um, looking at Queen's Park at eight to five home to Cove Rangers. And also looking at Dundee Corners away to Ayr. But moving into League One, we've got a couple of bets from that match between Aloha and uh, Peterhead. Backing Aloha to score two or more goals and double chance. And that pays even money with Labrooks. And I've also got a corners treble, which is Aberdeen, Inverness and Alloa all to win the match corners bet. And that piece 31 to 10 with Skybet. Good stuff from David. OK, uh, starting in Norway, looking at yeah, yeah, Boda Glimt and that's you have to hit over three and a half match corners. That's even money. Um, Rosenborg travel to Tromsø and I'm backing them to hit two or more goals and that's 2.20. Um, also on Sunday, Volleringa uh, travelling to Viking and the following a double chance and over one and a half match goals pays 1.83. Um, on to Obost again and I'm back in Stabak uh, to beat Kongsfinger and that's 2.05. Um, also quite like the, the double over two and a half goals in the Stabak game and in the start game. That's over Saturday and Sunday. Um, on to Scotland. Just two bits for me, Scotland. Partick Thistle to hit um, two or more goals, and that's 2.25 uh, against Wraith Rovers. And Kilmarnock to get a yellow card in both halves of their game against Motherwell, and that's 2.37. Good stuff. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, and don't forget, you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84Greg, where you can also find details of how to join his private Telegram channel. And you can also follow David on Twitter at dweatherston 11 and you can check out his blog at davidweatherstonfootball.com where he discusses the tactical and betting angles in Norway. And that's us for this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening and best of luck with your bets this weekend. Cheers, guys. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs>